Are you down in the dumps? Have you had a big night on the tools working overtime? Are you struggling to get that boner up? You know, the back end of a Larienda? You need an energy boost. And the best energy boost is with Dr. V. 100% natural. That's right, 100% natural. The Bendamender. Siberian extracts, delicious. On the playbook, we love to be better. And with Dr. V, you're gonna be better. And we're looking after you. Visit drv.com.au. That's right, promo code PATTY, P-A-T-T-Y, and you're gonna get 20% off. It's simple, fix your game up in the bedroom, bounce back better than ever, 100% natural, energy drink, Dr. V, the Bendamender, be better. Let's rip into the podcast. Coming in at six foot four, number one, Patty's Playbook. Hey guys, I'm your host Patty, and welcome to Patty's Playbook, the show for all you sports lovers out there. We cover NRL. NBA, NFL, plus many more sports. You can find us on Instagram, at Paddy's Playable. I can hear the sport calling us. Let's dive into this episode, baby. All right, we are back. 2022 NRL Grand Final. What a season it's been. I said it last week. I think for the neutral fan, this is probably the best Grand Final you're going to get. From the four teams we had remaining, obviously, Panthers, Eels, a team that's 36 years, premiership drought, last grand final appearance 2009, can they get it done? A team chasing back-to-back, two clubs that hate each other, fan bases hate each other, Eels, two wins in the regular season, we all know the Panthers got the, the dub in the first round of the finals, it's, it's got it all for me, obviously we're two fans. And the bloke who's been banging on about him all year, bruh, Christian. Surprise, surprise, motherfuckers. The Kings are back. <laughs> I don't know where we start. We just, let's just pull this apart. We can review, preview. Got a bit of fun. To, yeah, let's just dissect. What a year it's been. Um, you happy with the, the grand final, mate? I was actually having a chat to some blokes I work with and they were raving on about, I, I just think they're Penrith haters, but they were raving on about what they want for the neutrals, you know, because none of their teams were in it. Like one of them supports the Knights. So like, you might as well just forget about it and he was trying to convince me that the best final for the neutral would be South Cowboys now say what you want but if you're an NRL supporter this is a clash of the titans really we said it all season the only team that can rival Penrith I know they finished fourth but the only team that can rival Penrith is the Eels and here we are in the big dance um without going into it too much I think I'm feeling just as confident about this week as I, am, I was last week. Yep. Um, even 12-0 down, the boys were in it. Um, people are forgetting that we had, like, what, and rightly so, I guess, four disallowed tries. I mean, that Stephen Crichton one. I mean, obviously, whoever oh, was watching that was clearly had a white stick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cost people a lot of money. Oh, my gosh. Actually cost my lovely girlfriend two hundred and fifty bucks. She was ropeable. We were celebrating and I looked over and it was no try. I'm like, sorry, what? How does that happen, bro? Like oh, I don't understand. That's just so lucky that that wasn't for a What's that if that's a pivotal moment? Like what happens if that happens yeah. this week? Like anyway, I, I feel ya. Um Yeah, I just think it's great the matchup, the Battle of the West. The West is best, baby. But like, even if we got a Eels Bunnies, the Bunnies, I said it last week, they've had their number. I just think two Sydney teams, it's sold out. Sold out in like one day, essentially. Like tickets come out on sale, like the last few tickets come on sale for members on the Monday and bang, shut the gate. So, yeah, it's just, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, I guess we, I can congratulate the Eels. Mate, I didn't expect them to go this far. They've got there. Maybe we, we start with Friday night's game, little breakdown. And not that it, how do I say this? Obviously, I was, I was expecting more backlash in the media, mate, with the first try, the forward pass. But I really did enjoy what Todd, I love Todd Payton, what he said in his presser after the game. Like, we had plenty of opportunities to win that game. It was pretty, obviously, yeah, it was gutted. It was hard for him to talk about it. it was, he was burning, he was hurting. But 
They had opportunities the Cowboys. They were 25 minutes away from a grand final, mate. Up eight points. I think in fairness to Eels, they were the they weren't the better team on that day, but they to to win to get into a grand final and then to win a premiership, you do need a little bit of luck. You do. You know, and they did get that. They defended well, don't get me wrong, but you and know. That, that first half, I think they had like 53 or 54% um, completion rate. Yeah. Like they had no right to be in that game and it was 12 all at half time and just tough. Just, as you said, a bit of luck goes your way, but I don't know. They got the win. Up there in North Queensland, like, you, yeah, you got to give it to them. I thought Mitch Moses, he was actually pretty poor. But that shows, like, they've still got the win. Reed Marnie, he's just he's probably been their best player in the finals for me. Well, he's had to step up, hasn't he? Those two tries he set up on the weekend, that try against us even in the first week. Like, he's just, yeah, he's had to step up. He's been probably their best player. Because um, he basically been, well, you know, they, there was the origin talk of Reed Marnie for years, and then this, this year it's kind of gone by the wayside, and he's yeah. all but been pretty non-existent in the, in the middle for him. And I guess, you know, you've got you've to come with your best footy at the right end of the season, and I guess Reed Marnie's doing that. So you won't hear me, I think we're trying to do a double header this week, you won't hear me talk up those parallels too much, but, you know, you've got to give credit where it's due that they've got a few wheels. I mean, a few cogs in the wheel starting to click there. But they've got a few failing as well. We'll get into the team selections later. That's just an absolute mess. It's <laughs> Daddy's boy. I guess just a nice little gesture for the Cowboys. What a season it's been. What from 15th to we, – we've, we've banged on about it all year, mate. We don't have to go too deep. 15th to, to, you know, to 25 minutes away from a grand final. They come back. Does this hurt them by any chance like stings or they come back harder next year? They've got so much youth in that team. Yeah. I don't think it really bothers them, you know. Um, just off the top of my head, you've got, well, Holmes is basically a veteran, but he's probably in peak form of his career. He's got plenty of years left in him. You've got Dearden. You've got Robson. Nanai. Like, there's the bones of your team there. Mm. Yep. You know, he's um, well and truly raring to go for next season. I, I, that's how I see it. I, I see another top four for the Cowboys, really. Yeah. Injuries permitting, but. I see another top four. Um, good on him. Todd Payton, I called it months ago now. He has to be the Dallium Coach of the Year. That's tonight, isn't it? Or tomorrow? I don't know. I think it's this week. Um, I think tonight, by the time this is out, we should know. Yeah. He doesn't get it. Gosh. But, and I, I mean, guess... I mean, just sorry on that. Like, You can probably see the easy option is to go Ivan Cleary. I don't think a team's been as dominant as the Panthers. So. But no one's really talking about him. Hey, it's weird. Well, it's a good thing because I think... Well, like, Penrith this year, everyone knew they had the cattle. You know, it was like when Craig Bellamy used to get it all the time. I said, well, he's got some of the what, three of the best players in, that we've ever seen. Like, I don't know. And I guess we roll on to Saturday, mate. Our boys, big win, convincing. But I asked you just before off air, maybe the first 30, I was getting a bit sweaty. But once they just got that first try, as you said, four disallowed tries. <laughs> I was meant to go to the game and I was actually a bit under the weather, so I sold my tickets. Um, I think it was a different, it would have been a different feeling at the ground. I don't think you would have seen what you saw on TV, but I wasn't actually ever worried. Okay, Even good. if we were to go 18 nil down, I was like, Ooh. I was just like, you know what? Disallowed tries are disallowed tries, but it's showing that you're scoring. Yeah. You know, you're putting your team in scoring chances and it's not like we were getting bashed and unable to make meters like you know i thought we were still owning the middle you look at their first try cody walker bit of luck there off liam martin johnny on the spot um you know a couple of silly penalties unlike us hope we don't do that in the grand final hope we get that right out of out of our game yeah you just they just capitalized you know on a few opportunities there and i really thought that we were the better team still so I agree. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't necessarily nervous. I like, I was a bit, yeah. I, I think I was just frustrated. Like the opportunities were there. It's like, anyway, it's, yeah. What's yeah, I know done. what you're saying. It is frustrating to watch when you're 12 nil down and you're like, well, you should be trouncing these blokes, which yeah. we ended up doing. Could have easily been 50 to 12 that game. I mean, it should have at least been, what, 36 to 12. Critter? Which, oh, we already talked about that. Um, what about Trell? There's been a lot of talk. Uh, we, we've talked about him all year. We love what he's, how he plays the game. He comes out in the media. 
we've we've talked about it all year. People hate him, dislike him. I'm I don't care about that. Right? I don't now. really see where the hate comes from. Like I get it. He plays a game right on that red line, but you follow him on social media and stuff like that, and he's he's a good kid. Like he's not actually a bad bloke. Like he gets a bit grubby. I get it, but I don't think he's like a grub like Cody Walker. Yeah. I'd, oh. Yep. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I've spoken about this many, like, you know, many times with other people and then on the podcast too. I think they play on this Aboriginality thing a little bit too much because, you know, the moment someone boos in the crowd, it's because he's an Aboriginal and it's just like, it's not the case. Like, mate, I do think that they harp a little bit too much on that. I agree. Um, you know, but. Well, even, sorry to butt in, even on the weekend after the game, he was getting interviewed. I was watching Fox and then I flipped it over the nine. I'm weird. Sometimes I flick back and forth just to get different. I'm just a, I'm a fucking. I'm degenerate. A He's a degenerate. I'm a loser, mate. I'm a nerd. Um, and he was getting interviewed. I think it was Freddie, however. And the Panthers fans were booing him, right? Like the game was over and he like, he just looked rattled. But it's like one of those things where like you draw attention to it. It's like a nickname, right? Like, yeah. you know, someone gives you a shit nickname that you hate. And if you show that you hate it. People keep calling you. Yeah, you're right. You know, he's shown his hand. He, he, <laughs> you're right. People know that it gets under his skin, so they're going to start booing you. Like, it's just, that's just heckling. Yeah. It, you know, it's got nothing to do with anything else. It's just rugby league degenerates at a game knowing that it gets under his skin, so they boo him. You know. You can't have your cake and eat it too. No, exactly. He's, he's manipulated the media. We've talked about it a few weeks ago, but then before that, you know, you kind of, yeah, we've, we've already talked about it all year. If you want to get more on footy, like, I look at, I don't think Latrell's performed well against Penrith for like the last three years or something, like, really ever put in a good performance against us, and it was another case of that on. You caught it last week? Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, we were crunching it last week, and I just didn't see a way that they were going to even come close. Like, they really hadn't been tested. You know, you look at their final series, run and you, you you sort of look at the teams they beat and you're like well you didn't versus a para you didn't versus a penrith and in our opinion you really needed to beat one of those two sides to be a serious contender and that's why they're not there because we've got the two best you know i'll i'll say it all week para are the second best team in the comp not because they beat us twice they're just a better team on their day they're the best they're second best team in the comp um Mind you, though, I think, yes, they've got some players coming, coming into some form. We spoke about Reed Marnie, but Mitch Moses would want to sharpen himself right up because he has not had a good final series. That's, yeah. I, that's why I'm a bit, not surprised, but, like, it's pretty remarkable that they've got this far. But we'll talk about our preview a bit later, I guess. But that's where that little bit of luck comes in, and I don't care what anyone says, you need a little bit of luck to win a premiership. So they're here, they've given themselves a shot. They're going to shit the bed. That's why I'm but. fucking... Like, I've I literally been banging on all year. You've been, like, backing me up. Just get yourself to a fucking prelim. Yep. What happens last week? Tamalolo goes in the bin. You give yourself a chance. You called it. Just fucking get yourself there. You like, called it. Anything can happen. I just... Oh, it's it actually, like you manifested that. It fucking makes you know, me angry. Paddy's been rambling on for the last fortnight. You know, you know a sin bin, a send-off, <laughs> an injury. Next thing you know, Lolo's in the bin for 10. Oh, Christ. But, yeah. You couldn't read about it. <laughs> you couldn't read about it. Um, I guess to wrap it off, yeah, eels, rabbitos, hold me back if you need to, mate. I'm going to try and keep my words calm. Tane fucking Milne. I love this. I was hoping you'd bring that name up. I just... A lot goes on off air. I'm just going to caveat this. A lot goes on off air. <laughs> and if I could be... If I could have set up a mic to hear... So you could all hear the rant that was coming out of this fella's mouth about Tane Milne. I hadn't really paid much attention to this absolute grub. Of a player. <laughs> and we'll cue Paddy. Mate, I remember this clear as day at the start of the year. He was one of the, like, he's a pretty decent player. Like, I think he's played like 50 or 60 first grade games. He debuted in 2016. So he's been a while just sitting in the, in the rafts, you know, waiting. And he's played 20 games this year. So he's kind of got his chance. And he's like a big, aggressive, strong winger, winger carries the ball well. But he's just got that niggle and grubbiness. And I think he gets it from Cody Walker. And I remember at the start of the year at Penrith Park, he was carrying like a fucking pork chop out there on the sting. You know, this like third man in, fourth man in, wanted a little niggle fight. Like, bro, stay on the sting, run the ball hard, put the ball down in the corner. That's your job. Let your fours go up the guts. Let your Cam Murray's and Totola's bash blokes. He just got under my skin as a fan and I just couldn't stand him. 
And then he gets in the media last week in newspapers and the Telegraph and whatnot. Oh, my life's changed. I'm trying to, I've found God and religion and all this shit. I'm trying to settle down and control my anger and aggression. And it's like, mate, you just contradicted yourself. That hit, we can get to that, but I just, he just really, it boils my blood. He actually, hit the hit aside, he actually had a mare of a game. <laughs> Cleary bombed him. I think he did he drop it twice. And that's the thing, he asked for this. He goes, mate, I dare him to, I saw an article, like I dare, I dare him to kick it down my throat. I've been practicing at training and stuff. Like, mate, I think actually Big Pope, dear friend of the show, put it up in one of the group chats. He's, this bloke's in for a shocker. What is he doing? <laughs> oh, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And he's, he's, <laughs> He's pumped himself right up and he's had an absolute mare capped off with a probably a six-game ban. Thanks for coming out the back door. Well, Enjoy think, Mad Monday, dickhead. That's the thing. Yeah, like, I think we just have to throw away. That's the thing. Like, he was going to be in the Fiji squad for the World Cup. You ain't going overseas now, mate. We're talking out a bloke here that two final games this year, two sin bins, one send-off. What are we talking about here? <laughs> like, what are you trying to achieve? Like, I, anyway. Is it a bit of is it a bit of a selection sort of mishap on Demetrio's behalf? Because what's going on with that young Jackson Paulo? Well, I know he signed with the rabbit. Ah, uh, sorry, he signed with the Roosters for next year yeah. after that bad incident against that bad game. Unfortunately, against us. So, but like you look at the final series that Tane Milne's put together. <laughs> like, surely you sort of go, you know what? I don't know if I trust you. You can't be. You can't be 12 men down in the prelim. Like, Jackson Paulo had an absolute horrible game, one of the worst we've ever seen. But, you know, for a winger, sorry, not ever, yep. but for a winger. And I just think, was it really – you want people who can keep their head. Yeah. It wouldn't have made a difference anyway. The game was done. No, it was gone. You're right. But, yeah, it'll be interesting. Like, I think that is it, has he copped the early guilty plea and just copped the six-game ban? I'm pretty sure, yeah. And – are they going to allow him to serve it in the NRL fixtures next year or is it going to cop the World Cup? Mate, well, we won't touch base on this too much, but this is where it's bizarre because Lolo's cop three weeks and apparently like, teams are saying serve it in the World Cup and then you're good to go in the NRL next year. Yeah. And you're missing out on international football and I, vice versa. Well, I don't think you should be able to serve it with international football I agree. just because, what, Fiji probably play, what, two round games? So that's two games knocked off. And then what, you start the next season fresh. There might be a little exhibition match at the start. Of yeah, well, well, it just seems like you're just, you know, hours off the clock, punching some games under your belt. I, I, I think it should just be, if it happens in the NRL, you serve it in the NRL. Similar like what soccer do, you know. If you get a red card in, say, the Champions League, you, you miss the next game of the Champions League. You can go back and play club. That's, that's fine. That's where some people are talking about, like, keep origin to itself, keep the NRL for these suspensions and whatnot. Anyway, well, how is it fair that you've got a bloke who's taking the field three more times, Origin, three more times than everyone else? And realistically, like, we know you get things wrong sometimes, right? Said it all season. Um, why, is it fair, why is it fair on them that they're essentially putting themselves in a position to get penalties, you know, um, to get put on report, I should say, not penalties, to get put on report three more times? It's like missing the next Origin game. In my opinion, an origin game should carry like a three-game weight. Yes. Because it's huge. Like, and it's I big th- money. Like, they're losing. Like, what, what's the match payment for an origin? 30. Like, they're losing 30 grand. Like, you miss that game. You don't get your 30K. That's huge. Massive, yeah. But, I th- yeah, and you're right. Because I think they've, the NRL's tried, or the NRL and, like, origin, they've tried to fix the suspensions and fines up for the big games. So, it's more not missing game suspension, but you cop the fine. Mm. Oh, Which yeah. is, you know, what we sort of said for the, the, the greater good of the game, like... Yeah, you want your best players on and stuff. Like you know, that. like, I know golf have got a thing now where it's like the golfers awarded, well, the PGA Tour, it's another topic, single-handedly just seem to be ruining golf, but they had this thing where what you bring to the game as a person, they'll pay you more money at the end of the season, right? Yeah. It's, that, it's like PIP, or I don't even know what it stands for. Anyway, so your Rory McIlroy's and stuff, they get paid by the PGA Tour, whether that's coming or not. I just remember reading about it a lot. And um, I do think that that should be somewhat adopted too in this new scheme. It's like, well, okay, use a Tane Milne. I think we can all fucking live without Tane Milne playing, Tane Milne playing in a fucking game, right? Whereas your Nathan Cleary's, who, mind you, I know it's a Penrith player, but every kid is 
wants to be Nathan Cleary, right? Do you really think it's a good idea that the game loses him for five weeks? No. It's like, Do you really okay, think it's a good yeah. idea? Like, for the greater good of the game. Like, look at what the player's bringing to the game. And I'll, I'll try – okay, let's think of another example. But even Latrell Mitchell, right? Do fans come to watch Latrell Mitchell? Yes, they do. Should he be really sitting out five games? Probably not. And it's that's just the way of life. If no one likes it, yeah. then right. so like okay. So what happens if a front rower, you know, a Burgess, for example, does it? Well, hate to break it to you, but Burgess shouldn't be doing it because that's his bread and butter. You know, he, he cops someone high, whatever. That's your job. Be yeah. better. You know, whereas. You know, Cleary gets one wrong, Latrell Mitchell gets one wrong, and they're copping five weeks. I just don't know. I think the game needs to do what it can to keep the best players on the field, you know, and it might just be, okay, well, we'll give you a fortnight off and you're copping a huge fine. Yes. Hurt him in the old skyrocket. The monetary, yeah. And that's where I can, like, you've got to give it to the NRL for, like, the finals, what I was just saying before. They're going down the more financial route because we've seen it over the past, like um, Isaac Luke's Mr. Grand Final and whatnot, and in that system back then to now, it would have just been a fine. So they're trying to keep... Well, you even look at like... Well, kick out on the weekend or Junior Bolo on the weekend. I don't think Junior Bolo got... Actually, we'll talk about that in a sec. Yeah. Well, you even look at it like... I was going to use the analogy of like a, you know, the way in which the government have done our, like, our fines. You know, years ago, I remember you got caught on your mobile phone, for example, right? It was like three demerit points. The government worked out that everyone was sweet with it, right? So it's like, well, no, we're going to up the demerit points. And then all of a sudden, everyone, yeah, just people still do it, yeah. just like people are still going to commit reportable offences, right? But people, people, less people are inclined to do it now because the penalty is much more severe. It hurts them where, you know, that five demerit points you lose, say, for example. It's a weird analogy, right? But it's true. you know what I'm saying. You've got to, what's, what's it going to take? You've got to sort of mix up your angle on it. What's, what's it going to take to clean it up? And, you know, you, you, I mean, the AFL did it with the punching. We did it with the punching. Yep. You know, guys aren't going to punch anyone because they know it's literally like, what, minimum month off, minimum. Minimum. Six, uh, seven, six, eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, six, seven, eight weeks. Like, that's huge. So no one's throwing punches anymore. Let's just make it the same with, you know, reportable offences. Like, okay, you get cop someone high, mate, that's 30 grand. Like, they won't do it. Yeah. Everyone will be going for ankles. I mean, exactly. it's, you know what I mean? Like, that's 30 grand. You're looking at, you cop someone high, like a Tane Mill, mate, that's 40 grand. Someone like Tane Mill. <laughs> on your bike, brother. On your bike, bro. That's like half your fucking salary there, you bum. There it is. Any other topics for the weekend that's gone by to end? Um, Ashley Klein's been given the big dance. How do you feel about that? I feel for Grant Atkins there. I think over the course of the season, he's been the better referee, but he actually had pretty shocker, shocker, shocker. Yeah, yeah. yeah we've we've spoken about that off air. Um, he had a shocker in the you know he probably had a chance there, but Klein actually refed a really good game. So Atkins, Atkins, Atkins in the bunker this weekend. Yeah. Surely, I like him as a bunker ref. I think he'll be good. He certainly would have awarded that Crichton try. Sutton, your bum. Um, all right. I thought before we dive into our, our preview, mate, big dance, I thought we might just, you know, go down memory lane. What a year it's been. First year on the playbook. Could just run through some pod, all the podcasts we've done and just some, the top, um, the titles that were, that we named them and just some funny discussion, you know, discussion points. Let's have a little giggle. So I still remember clear as day that first time you came over, mate, and we were recording and we did our first you run, you run through for the listeners, like our first top sport season preview, introduction, how things are going to roll. We've obviously crunched it this year, 26 units in the green. And I think after I edited it and I messaged you like, bro, I fucked up. I've, only one mic was working. And I'm just thinking, oh, he's coming in hot and heavy. And he's probably thinking, look at this loser. One mic's on. What the fuck have I got myself into? So, <laughs> so we've actually come a long way. Um, I, and I'm actually looking at the new stuff we've got now and it's actually saying that I'm w- speaking way too loudly. I'm redlining. It's coming up that it can't cope with my loud voice. But we've come a long way. I remember walking into, we'll call it the studio. It wasn't a studio, people. It was <laughs> Paddy's dining room table. And he's got this mic. It's got a little sock over it. And he's tampering with the connection points and 
and everything like that. And I'm like, it's all right. Like, you know, it was doing its job. Um, I'd sort of reached out to Paddy through a mutual friend about sort of what I'd been doing and stuff like that. And I'd always wanted to do a podcast and we rock up and then he sends me a message. And I was like, I'm sure people can attest. And even you, Paddy, I've noticed like, I think we bounce off each other well and we've managed to come out of our shell quite a bit, you know, like I think there was a few things, there was a few episodes that I've sort of got in my head <laughs> over the course of the season. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is, this is too funny. And I sort of like, we started off on zoom as well. That was good, but it was tough to get that. Well, we've spoken about it now. Yeah. Like we can never get that vibe going. Like, Face to face. Face to face is where it's at. Yeah. Zoom's so sterile. You know, I had notes and everything. I was stressing. It was just, it was, I can't believe he's actually all listened to it. It was just like, I don't know, <laughs> Japanese water torture or something. Like, honestly. And, yeah, so I walk in and he's got this sock over the mic and whatever and he sends me the message. Doesn't, you know, your mic didn't work. I was fuming. I was, I was fuming, bro. I was, because I think you were, living away for a while mm. at that point. And we mean like, we, we were, you, you know, reached out, we were talking for months and months playing this, like, fuck yeah, I can't wait. This is great. Game day. And I've just, I've crumbled <laughs> apple pie. I'm all over the shop. <laughs> a nice dollop of cream on top, ice cream melted yeah. ever. And I don't know if the, if the people who listen, and like, we should probably pay credit to that. I think, what, so we started the season with how many listeners? <sighs> how many listens per podcast? It was around the 20, 30, like 20, 30 mark. And we've managed to crack the ton. So, that's exceeded our expectations too. I think we were aiming for 50, were we? We had goals like just slow burn. Yeah, a little, you know, we know that it's not an overnight sense of success. And I'm sure, and I do know that we've had little snippets that have really sort of accelerated. And I, I want to get like, oh, there's one that's coming to my head yeah, in I particular. Think I might get you. And, um, you know, to, to hit 100 listens per podcast, I mean, it doesn't seem like much. I know there's podcasts out there getting tens of thousands, you know, whatever. We'll get there one day, people. But, um, it's cool. It just, yeah, it, it gives you something, you know, we all have other jobs and we've all had layoffs and unable to get podcasts out and all that stuff. But I do think over the course of the season, we have been pretty consistent and, you know, we've said it ourselves other, and this is, I'm not bagging anyone else who comes on the podcast, but I think the listeners out there love it when Patty and Christian get together and, and shoot the shit. You know, we've got, we've had people reach out. People have made a bit of bank this season off us. And it's just bigger and better. I really do think it's just going to be bigger and better. I'll probably use this opportunity now. I think Paddy's going to sort of be the head honcho, but I am going to start up my own podcast. Don't worry. It's basically just a branch of the playbook. Um, stay tuned for that. We are going to do some video stuff as well. We were just discussing the best way to do that. Um, and the bets are just going to get bigger and better and, you know, that's what that's what's like everyone's sucked into that to start with, I think. And then yeah. once they see that once they saw that success, they're like, oh fuck. Yeah. And it's as you said, it's just been that roller coaster away, zoom, here a few times, then you've moved back. It's just been all over the shop. But we're we're rolling. It's it's just been good. So now the equipment's much better and we never we haven't had a mic failure since the, the big roadcaster came on. <laughs> I splashed out and I got the big roadcaster on the deck and I think it was the right decision. So Hold on. um it's Good little trip down memory lane for this, but Paddy, hit me with your next one. See, I'm going to just go through a few episodes, just the name. So, like, we started the year off, the Shane Warne incident happened, round two. That's when we found out about the independent doctor. Players, you know, stay, you stay down, you're off, and that kind of lasted, what, four, five, six weeks, something. And what? It was, it was just something new in, in rugby league, in NRL. It was bizarre. Um, we discussed, like, the slower ruck speed and tighter games. We decided, yeah, our betting shows were through the roof. What else are we dealing with here? We get, that's when the NRLW, the last year's season kicked, like we, we touched base on that. Player movement. I think that was a period we were harping on about Kalen Ponga. What's going to happen there? We all knew what happened. There was the, uh, that's right. We, <laughs> we recorded and two hours later he re-signed and we're like, well, that's out the window. And Patty had to record a little caveat at the start of the episode and stuff like that. I thought we're going to get in early here. Nothing's going to happen until next week. I think I was at the dentist, mate. Get out of my appointment, phone up, bam, breaking news. And the message from me, fuck, all right, duck home, little three-minute three minute video on the front, part of the podcast. Um, yeah, then obviously the next week he inks the deal. Cowboys on the rise. They certainly were on the fucking rise. What week, what week did we – Um, That's round eight. Round eight. Cowboys it's on the rise. It's not, not, half, not, half, like, not all that bad, really. Not half bad, that. 
to predict that in round eight. Round nine, Ash Taylor retirement. We talked about our monthly accountability at the start. We had every month our numbers. I think it was the best thing we ever did because this originally just started as a as a betting sort yes. of podcast, and it was a bit. I don't know. I think we worked out that the stale, maybe. Yeah, the the fans didn't so much give a fuck about <laughs> the numbers. They just wanted the money in the bank. <laughs> And, you know, we sort of developed our little podcast relationship and whatever. And look, we're, we're rolling with the punches. We're, you know, we're, it's just, I, I can't help but think that every podcast, you know, and there has been, we haven't got to the, the good ones yet, but there has been some podcasts that are really sort of, I guess we ended up talking more footy and, yes, and, you know, now we're sort of at that stage where we just get ourselves across the headlines and we just come in and shoot the shit. Like, I kid you not, there's no notes, there's no nothing of what we do. I told everyone, this is, the opinions you get on this don't reflect, on this podcast, don't reflect the media or, or you know, trends or anything like that. We don't listen to your Paul Kent, your Buzz Rothfields. We stay in our lane here. And, you know, that's why we're trying to give you something different. Right on, bro. Magic round, huge magic round, four and on the move. I think that's when he just signed with the Titans or maybe the rumours were there, murky water, um, send-offs, heaps of send-offs. I think they went for that period of like a month where it was just like, what is going on with our game? I think it happened last year in the magic round again. Remember all those 10 in the bins or the, the crackdown on the head high? That's when they had high crackdown. It was, <laughs> oh, um, I'm just going through now. PGA, sorry to bite him, round 11, and our betting show, and then bam, PGA, the golf just crunched it. That's probably our second sport, I think, too. Oh, you know, we absolutely carved up there. Like, that really juiced us up, you know. We talk about the 26 units just for the NRL, but I do think it's probably up pretty. 30 plus. 30 plus with the golf. Easily 30 plus with the golf because they give better dividends. You know, we sort of worked out that the top 10s, top 20s is where the value's at for you. Um, I actually can't wait to get that actually, you know, with some vlogging and all that other stuff, I can't actually wait to actually have something for you guys to look at and spruik top sport a little bit more. Yep. Um, yeah, mate, it's, um, it's all very, very exciting. Then we came in hot and heavy. Roy, rest in peace. That was a touch base on that. And I actually thought this was last year, mate. Trent Barrett. Just like. Uh, it, it might sound stupid, but I actually forgot that he got, not forgot, but just thinking about it, it feels like it happened last season, going from the doggies. Yeah, it does. I, it's been a long season, mate. It does this to season. you. It does this to you. Round 12, Origin teams get, you know, just, we're, we're pulling apart Origin that time of the year, you know, semi-quarter. I meant semi, <laughs> semi-three-quarter. He's, he's gone semi-quarter. <laughs> Pick me off the canvas, brother. Oh, no. Lodge walks. That's when he obviously, yeah, leaves the Warriors. He's, he's at the Roosters now. Turbo goes down. Turbo-less. Broncos, boom. We all know how that ended. <laughs> there's a few things. So, Paddy's giving you the meat and veg here, but there's a few things. I'm trying to get some snippets for you, but I'll just touch on them. We had the, the Mad Dog incident. Yes. The kennel. The kennel. We had the Playbook kennel, that, that you know, the inaugural member. Um, big, big Hetherington basically became a myth after that. I think we absolutely put the mocker on him. <laughs> we, we harped on. The, sorry, he's at the Knights now. Yeah, he? I think he's at the Knights now. Well, he's signed for the Knights now. Um, good luck to the Knights, keeping him on a leash. Um, we had the continual talk of Cam Murray, the sexiest man in league. We had so many incidents, you know, even up until, was it two weeks ago, we had the conga line. <laughs> we've had some we've had you know you only have to sort of scroll back through the Instagram to see the snippets and stuff like that and I don't know it, it, it makes me laugh sometimes that we actually go off on these tangents and fuck we talk some shit oh, that's all I'll say the one that I don't the Chainsaw Massacre. Do you remember the Chainsaw Massacre? The Chainsaw Massacre. That was at the tippity top for that. I was, I was sitting the other day just scrolling back at it on a year and I was thinking Jared fucking Wallace, that week from hell. I think he bagged the double, the message, we were chatting. So I think we had Sharks minus 6.5 in our line. Yeah. Bags a double. And then our line stuffed it. Sharks are winning by six only. We need them seven. Kickoff, he comes out squirting everywhere. Drops the ball off the kickoff. Nico Hines, you remember? Nico Hines. Oh, I forgot that he goal. actually got pumped off the kickoff. 
Oh, too funny. That is that is up there for me. Touching on that, we had the great Raiders comeback of 2022. Was that round two or three? Yeah, that was that early was on. Head. That was. I think that's what got Paddy into the line betting. He understood that the great thing about the line betting is, particularly when you're on the start, you're always in it. You're just always in it. At half time, sending a text. It's all good. We just need the next one. Well, didn't we get that? We got more than that. We got more than we bargained for in that game. But I still remember that that Saturday night. I had to strap myself straight to bed after I was exhausted. <laughs> the roller coaster. <laughs> um, oh. Origin talk. You know, we talk. Do, do, do the New South Wales Blues understand origin football? What about this? Round 15. US Open. Crunch the golf, as I said before. Are the Parramatta Eels contenders? Round 15. We started talking about that. And I think you'll find if anyone wants to try and call us out, I think we said they are. I do because mm. I can't see myself contradicting what I thought later in the season. You know, here we are, big dance. Are they contenders? Well, yeah, they are. Spot on, mate. What next for Luke Brooks? Best buys of the year. <laughs> Cleary greatness. We might be seeing more of that this Sunday night. Joey Manu had that incredible 400-meter running game for the That's Kiwis. Right. Yeah. Then we started to break down, oh, the Reese Walsh, he left. That's right. That sort of stuff. Yeah. CNK to the Warriors. Our top eight predictions, we kind of locked them in. More golf. Um, are you a weak gutter dog? <laughs> are you a weak gutter dog? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yes. That, how can you forget Ricky Stewart? How's that, how's that agent for you, mate, when he's um, about to strap the boots on to ultimately win the premiership? It's going to be a bit sour in the Stewart household when Salmon's walking around with a ring. <laughs> oh, talk about dogs. Cam Serralda joins the Bulldogs. Obviously the tragic Paul Green news. Tarmow, Jimmy Tarmow, the farewell. What was that, the... What did he do? Oh, he went off at the ref and got 10 in the... Yeah, and... That's oh, send-off. 10 in the bin into a send-off, was it? I think he got... Or was it a bin? I think he got bin for dissent, and then they were looking at two games, and it got brought down to one. Or did he get miss any? No, but then they backlashed on it. Remember, like, you're a good bloke, you're good to play. Yeah, that's right, because he came out and he owned it, which, you know... Which we didn't mind, I think, because... No one's going to remember that. Yeah. No one's going to remember that next season, like, you know... And I, I think we've moved on from that already, really. Oh, mm. What was their last game? They got pumped by 60 by Canberra. Bit of karma, you know? Well, Trap the boots back on yeah. one last roll of the dice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun with this. <laughs> you weak gutted dog. Oh, fuck. And then that really rolls us around to the finals. You know, little we, we predicted things earlier, the bracket breakdown, and here we are. September wraps up. October, long weekend. Grand final, set at the start of the show, mate. Penrith Panthers, para, mata, eels. Talk to me. How do you want to discuss, it, discuss this, break it down? We can. So Panthers, I'll start, I've lost Taylor May, which is huge because I don't think Charlie Snaines is really that damaging. Um, that's, a, that's obviously an up for the, the, the eels, particularly a team who's got pretty strong wingers. But then I'll use that to sort of dissect their team too. Absolute selection nightmare going on here. Bryce Cartwright's being dropped. Daddy's boy's getting a run. Um, Opper Chick's probably not going to suit up. I think he's Yeah, gone. he's done. It's actually not smooth sailing for the Eels. At all. You know, at all. So, I mean, I'm going to come out. Big-headed me's going to come back out and say, sorry, guys, but I think you're uh, making that losing streak 35 years. Yes. I don't think it's going to be broken on Sunday. I really don't. Well, is it true? Is it bad things come in threes or good things come in threes? Is it bad I things? Think, I think it can go both ways. Well, if we're going both ways, we all know what happened in 2001, I believe. 2009 and 2022. Three Eels losses in the grand final. Well. <laughs> so, I mean, they can't... I, I can, Put it this way, let's take Penrith in 2020. Yeah, we've touched on a little bit. I did think I've never seen a more dominant performance from a team to go in at halftime 20-0 down or whatever it was. Um, We lost the grand final. 
with a much better squad than what Parra are fielding oh, come Sunday. We lost that on inexperience. Probably the moment got too big for us. You're now coming up against the team who've won one, had the most dominant season following it. They're basically just stepping back into their fucking happy place. It's going to be Eels are going to have to come at them hard. And this is the issue. We've seen what Penrith do to teams in normal games. You know, it's all well and good. You know, oh, RCG be running off the back fence. Well, RCG gets fed every time he plays us. Paulo's, I'm pretty much earmarking Paulo with backed up by his two outside forwards in Lane and Papali basically have to career it because that then brings Moses and Brown into the game. Correct. And we all know that if those three can't get any momentum early in the sets, the halves tend to go missing. So, you know, it's not, I mean, it's really really not looking good because I just think that Penrith are just going to go up another level. Only played two games. Like, you compare that to last year, everyone was battered and bruised, did it the hard way. They're just raring to go. Yeah, you talked about, yeah, those, those forwards have to obviously set the platform. Dylan Brown has to, he was, we all know what happened in week one. Last week he was exceptional. The week before he was really good. Whatever, you wanna, whatever way you want to put it. But I reckon Penrith have kind of got this game plan that shut Dylan Brown down, which we saw in week one, and try and like let Moses beat us, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, I speak about it a lot. You know, and I'm going to use Tommy Deard, and he's probably the best example of it. You need a halfback who can either straighten up your attack, a la fucking Tom Dearden, or you need a halfback like Cleary who can control a game and get you back into a game and sort of, I don't know, turn the tides when things aren't going your way and all that other stuff. Unfortunately, Para don't have either of those halves if their forwards aren't winning the middle battle. Um, Moses is a sideways first player because he's got so, such good footwork and speed. Yeah, uh, you know, Brown's, Brown's a bit more – He Brown can straighten it up, but at the end of the day, he's not the general of that team. You know, he's very much the Robin in the Batman and Robin halves combination. And I do agree. I think Penrith force Moses to control the team. And he's not the best at doing it. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think if you take Dylan Brown out, you're essentially suffocating Moses too because he needs, he needs support. Yeah, I agree. And while we're on Moses, I will give him his credit now. Like he's come out and obviously he had his first child. He wasn't there. He decided to play um, prelim, which oh, Fucking hell. that's bizarre Like for his wife and stuff. But good on him. Like, I, yeah, it'll probably be all for nothing. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess yeah, I guess that. But like, I'm, well, they would have lost last week without him. So, and he and he said, you know, I can't leave these blokes behind. That's another topic. I get that, but like, yeah, without him, I don't think they get here. But then also, he's lost his grandmother and stuff. So he's been through a bit of shit, and he cops it. But and I'm one of those people that I'm pretty, I'm very critical on him. But good on him, I guess, for getting this far. And we're gonna see. Put it this way: if Moses and Brown have a good game, it's not because of them having a good game. It's because their forwards are winning the middle. I'm, I'm gonna harp on this all all week. If their forwards don't win the middle, that's how you beat Para. It's how you beat them. Gutho, Gutho's a sort of a very vanilla player. Like, you know, he's just got an engine, and that's really about it. He doesn't, you know, we talk about this X factor and. Whatever, and I actually think the X factor with Para comes through their offloading game, and Definitely. you know that, and that can hurt Penrith. And I think that's sort of been their kryptonite, Penrith's kryptonite. You know, like what can you do? You've got two players in a tackle, and Lane and Papali or Paulo get a get an arm free, and it's you know second phase play and broken defensive line. And I do think that that's their probably key to victory. I like yeah. Um, Gives Marnie a quick play of the ball. He starts sniffing around, and then that's when the boys come in. You know, off, you know, a broken defensive line, backpedaling defensive line gives Moses space, allows Dylan Brown to use his footwork. You know, then we'll just go up the back line. You've then got the big outside backs and Will Penasini and Sivo, and that's how they're going to win the game. Whether or not they can ex- execute it in the big dance too, 
sold out. I don't know. Are we giving Para more fans there? You reckon it's a 60-40 split, more members, more fans? Mm. Or you reckon... Because I've been trying to wrap my head around this discussion like for the last few days. Or do we think Panthers obviously expected probably from halfway to the, you know, halfway through the season, start of the finals, expected to get to the big dance? Do you think, you know, Panthers fans... I'd give it slightly. buying tickets, you know, since the tickets kind of came out halfway through the year? I'd probably give it to Penrith. I was about to say I'll give it to the Eels, but I probably think the Penrith supporters are probably being more confident that we're going to be there. Okay, So I I dare say that the early ticket sales probably would have gone to Penrith fans and then, you know, the Eels jumped on. Yeah. Yeah, for Paramate, said it before, I think Reid Marnie has been their best player this final series. I think he has... He's going to be the Clive for me if they win. He's just going to have to get the big boys onto the onto the ball. Obviously, we, you talked about their pack. Their pack has to roll the offloads. That's where they're going to beat us. We'll see if that game plan works. Defensively, Bailey Simonson in the, on the centres. He hasn't played for a long time. I know he played last week and he did a pretty good job against the Cowboys. But it's just not looking good for him, mate. It's just not looking good. If you're playing him in the centres. With Wonga Blake on that side. Oh, we haven't even touched on it. How could I forget? Wonga Blake would be shaking in his boots Right now. Do you reckon he was watching that game Saturday going, go bunnies, go, get up. He wanted the bunnies to win. (laughs) He wanted the bunnies to win. Because it's in his head now. That's the biggest thing. It's in his head. He doesn't feel like he can catch it now. I was thinking about this last night on my forklift, mate. Let's set a little playbook, top sport market, over under (laughs) 2.5. Drop balls for Big Wanger. What are you hitting? I'm going overs. Overs? You reckon he's got to lose three here? I like that line. If you're only giving me two and a half, I'll take three every day of the week. <laughs> I'll take three every day of the week. I don't think Wonga Blake can get over that. That's a mental battle. Yes. Put it this way, though. If he stomachs one early straight down the guts, he may be able to claw it together. You know, that one catch can do him a world of wonder. But let me tell you right now, if that first one comes down his throat, and he bobbles it. I think that's actually go. I'll call it now. If that happens early in the game, mate, sign up Penrith for their back-to-back premierships because it, you can't do it. You can't have that in the big dance against the Penrith team. You can't do it because it just allows them to pin you down there. I'm not even saying that they have to score points off the back of it, but Para are really going to want to hope that a lot of this game's played in their attacking half. I know it sounds obvious and that's, you know, pretty cliche thing. Yeah, I get it. Like, you've, But you've got to give yourself every opportunity. You've got to keep the penalties down, the mistakes down. You've got to be crisp. And what on? I don't really think you want to be putting in a hard five tackles against a Penrith team and then have your, your winger drop it. Yep. And have to face back-to-back sets too much. I guess the, maybe the only counter to that is maybe they move, I don't think they will, but maybe like in defence... They'll put Wonga Blake in the centres, maybe on that fourth or fifth tackle and let Simonson drop back. Well, which... I don't, I, 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 I'm getting caught up in my words here because I can't see why. Wonga Blake's played a lot of centre. Yeah. I can't see what, I think that's a bit of a, they're trying to sort of, I don't know, play silly buggers there a little bit with Penrith. I think the only silly buggers may be if shit hits the fan, Neocora can slide out defensively in the centres because he's done it this year, bigger body, just defence-wise. That's my, like... If shit hits the fan early, we're talking eight minutes, oh, fuck, he's already dropped two. We're up shit creek. See ya, bruh. I don't even think they drop him back. I don't think they take the risk. <laughs> the unders could be on. What happens if we see a big junior baller back there on the <laughs> stick ready to catch it? They could be trying anything. <laughs> Just bigger surface area, you know? <coughs> um, yeah. I, I can't see Wonga Blake playing wing. With ba- if, you know, and like, I get it, near Corey. Yeah, moving out for defence, whatever it might be. But I, I dare say you have Bailey Simonson having a first crack at that. Diffusing. You're running the risk, though, that if he starts fucking fumbling and whatever, <laughs> you're running that big risk there of him actually having a mare as well because there's not much experience there. You, you're talking about a bloke who could barely get in a Canberra team and now he's somehow stumbled himself into a, you know, a grand final team. Yep. Spot on, mate. We'll see what they can do there. Um, and... I'll throw it back even further. I think Wonga Blake had an absolute blinder in the centres against Penrith. He gave Crichton a bath. Yeah. I don't know what year it was. It might have been two years ago. 2020. 2020. Absolutely gave Crichton a bath. Now, Crichton's a different player too but for, since that time. But, 
you know, I, I don't, I like that tactic. I would have him in the centres, never drop him back. You know what? Just say, mate, we're putting that behind us. Even if Bailey Simonson has a, has a nightmare of a game and drops a few, right? I still think it's the better play. And I don't think you panic. Even if Bailey Simonson starts dropping them, I don't think you panic. I just think you say, you say to yourselves, he's done it before, give him the chance to give Crichton another bath. I think that is the selection like tip for me. I just, yeah. Near Corey defensively, I think is probably second. And then if fucking all hell's breaking loose, maybe you put Wonga Blake back out in the wing. We'll see. We'll see if they can counter that big, the big knuckleball. I just think Parramatta defensively on that right side, that Wonga Blake Simonson is just, just close your eyes. They're letting in too many points. I'm going to say this. You've let 20 points in against the Cowboys, and I'm not taking our final round against the Cowboys with any kind of – we played our second grade team. Um, we beat them to nil, yep. and you're letting 20 points in against them. And this is what I've sort of said all final series. You know, I think it was South's – were the only team that had a better defensive record than Penrith. Um, I think they led in on average, what, 13 points or something, something like that. Don't quote me on it. But now you, you look at the other teams and the points that they're letting in compared to what Penrith team lets in. Um, just, again, I'm trying to find ways to make this a contest. Um, and then we haven't even begun to talk about how that adrenaline and wanting to go out there and win the middle takes that effect on your players, um, really saps the energy out of them. And you're coming up against the Penrith team who's been there, done that. And it's just really, really difficult. All right. My last point for the Eels. <clears throat> I talked about it last week. I think it's probably like a top two or three crucial part of an NRL team maybe next to the spine is the bench. Just think a good fucking bench rotation is key. Use all 17, 16 guys. It makes you, it's the reason we got blokes on the bench. I just think it's crucial. And I just think this Eels bench, daddy's boy, you talked about that. You can bang on that if you want, but Neocor is on the bench. Obviously we talked about him defensively. He can move to center if shit hits, you know, shit hits the fan, but he's been starting at lock Madison off the bench. I don't mind that. I said it's working well for that team last, last week. Nathan Brown, mate. He selected minimal first grade fitness experience this season. I'm scratching my head. I'm scratching my head, but I like it. I like it for them. But I worry. You talk about the adrenaline, the emotion. He comes on 20, 23, 27 minutes in. I don't know if he's going to play a traditional lock roll because he's got a bit of ball playing or that tuck the fucking steed on the arm and go up the guts. Because I look opposite him. Fish will probably play maybe the first 30, 35. Leota might get that early stint and they rotate it. Scotty to Hottie coming on and Big Spencer. I just think a bloke that hasn't been in the, the hustle, the bustle, and the nitty gritty in the middle, uh, these boys are fucking coming hard and fast. I think you've got to put him in your front row rotation. Okay. I don't think you play him in the back row. I okay. think that's because you're requiring too many minutes. I think you've got to use him like a Spencer. Okay. I think you've got to give him 20 minutes. Fucking empty the tank, mate. I don't mind that energy-wise, and he's got those strong carries, but that's, that's a question mark for me for the Eels, big question mark. I just wanted to see where you sit on And, well, this is the thing. I, I totally agree. You know, Scotty, Scotty too hottie, he's, he comes out, played last year with us, knows his role coming off the bench, knows how to, I guess, exploit a weak defensive team, a tired defensive line. And then you've got Spencer, who I can't help but think is just a big game player. He grows another leg in the big, in the big game. Scored a try against the Rabbits. That, that bump off on Nicarima was off its head. That was, oh, that was vintage 80s, just literally. The, yeah. The forearms at the chest. Yeah, exactly. The big bumpers came up. And then um, leg speed. You know, cops one high, then wants to go him off the field. Like, just he's a menace. He's going to be a, a terror. Just steps up, just wants it so bad in the big games. And I think that's, I, I, I'm assuming that's what Brad Arthur wants out of Nathan Brown. I like that. I don't it's, care for your fitness, mate. I just want your big, heavy runs. Like you said, tuck the steeding under your arm and try and dent this defensive line that's almost impenetrable at times. Yeah. Probably that 25, 30 minute mark he comes on, maybe last 10, 15 in the second half max. And then, as you said, I agree. Ballo, RCG are going to have to play massive minutes. 
lead from the front, set the platform. You know what you're going to get from your back row. I guess Sean Lane, he's been fucking unreal. As you said, Madison is the crucial part for me, that link play, the ball playing. I think he set up two tries in the last two weeks around the post. One to RCG last week, the week before junior ball against the Raiders. I think, we, yeah, that's, that's the, the, the main point for the, the Eels. That forward pack, arguably the best in the comp. Marnie, I'll say it again, he's my Clive if they win. You know what we get out of Gutherson? The question marks, yeah, we've, we've discussed them, mate. Any, anything else for the Eels? Or we roll over to the, the big boys. I think that's about it. I think we've been pretty, like, fair, critical. Like, it's, we've touched base. Because um, I'll be honest, there's not going to be much that I'm going to talk about with the Penrith team. We just know what we're going to get. It happened last week. It happened the week before. What, why anyone thinks that's going to change when it's happened literally for the last fucking however many months, five months, it's six months. What makes you think that anything's going to change? This has been sustained like quality football for essentially three years now. Mate, I've got the post in the wank bank ready to go. Three years, I don't think I've ever seen a more dominant season just as long as they get that premiership. It's Sunday. It'll be up on the playbook. And like, I, don't have any, I don't have anything more. I'm going to end it on that. I cannot see how anyone would think that a bad game is going to come after three years of sustained quality football. Okay. That's it. That's it. It's, it like, do you want me to dissect it anymore? Mitch Kenny's going to start. I'm going to, hear, I'm going to tell you right now. Mitch Kenny's going to start. He's going to take the sting out of the forward pack. Appy's going to come on, terrorise, and then that's when the ball's going to sing. Yep. Para, you're probably going to be in it at halftime. Hate to break it to you. It's all downhill from there because we come out better in the second half. We don't go away. Everyone knows this. We don't go away. Even if you're 6-0, 8 points up. 12 on the weekend. 12 on the weekend. I don't want to be 12 behind, though, in the grand final. No, that, I'd rather <laughs> not be 12 behind on a, in a big dance. <laughs> um, I actually think that's what it's going to take from Parramatta, though. I don't think you want to be chasing us because that's when... Things get a little bit erratic with Moses. He tries too hard. Next thing you know, he's kicking the ball out in the fall, whatever it might be. They've just got to embrace the grind and just strap themselves in and hope they're there with 10 minutes to go. Spot on. I guess a question for you. We've started slow in week one against the Eels. It took a while to get in. Second half, probably cranked it from second to third gear. Things got rolling on the weekend. Set up before, 12 nil down. I was sweating, got a bit sweaty for the first 30 minutes and the shackles came off. If would you, Penrith need to start well? Or I should say, if they start well, wow. We could, I think things could really open up. That's where I see it. I just think this start, like, we haven't started, even last year in the finals, we were slow, like, our attack kind of didn't win us. It was our defense that won us the comp. If we, I just think, I'm just waiting for that moment for things to click and come out hard. If we do, bro, I just, I'm just hoping it's this game. Because if we start well. The last thing you want, the last thing you want, is Penrith to come out and score an early try. That's the last thing Eels want. I've been waiting for Because you rock up, you're in the game, whatever it might be, early, uh, there won't be an early penalty because Klein's actually put the whistle away. First 10 minutes, there's probably, I hope to God there's no penalties. Just let it run. Penrith just, for whatever reason, get a little bit of dominance and go over in that first 10 minutes and all of a sudden the sting's taken out of the. The feelings here, I'm in a grand final with six down. Holy shit. Like, you know that's what happens. If yeah. Paris score first, we're in for a fucking cracking game. We're in for a cracking game. Because we all know Penrith are just going to go, it's all good. Let's embrace the grind. We know we can win this. We've done it before. You're not going to see a bad game from Penrith. You're just not. You're not going to see it. I hope everyone understands that three years of football, I've said this like fucking five times, three years of football just doesn't disappear. Mm. It doesn't. And I still think there's tricks in the bag. Yep. I've called it. I still think there's a little trick or two in the bag from the prince himself. Okay. If we, while we're on the, the duffel bag, tricks in the bag, I think we're going to see an exotic scrum play and a try for scrum for Penrith. I reckon they've, they've got one in the, in the bank. I can yep. just see it. Yeah. That's my... Little prediction. I think um, the Ice Project um, um, touched on that, and you know the the looks that Penrith can give you off a scrum, and I I think there's one up the sleeve too, mate. Yeah, I, I do. I can see it. There's about five different, six different looks that they give, and I think an attacking scrum on the twenty, something's gonna something's gonna happen. 
And it might not be early on. It might be like, say, if we're winning by six or eight and it's like 62nd minute in and it's like, oh, boys, this is the scrum, 20 out. This is the dagger. Let's put it straight in the heart. I think that's going to be something real flamboyant. I guess my only question for you, mate, about Penrith, they're 1 to 17 from last week. Charlie Staines on the sting. Are you nervous? Do you think he was all right on the weekend? He was fine. He was fine. Gets that quick play the ball from, you know, say if Toto lays the platform, he goes next. He might make a nice, you know, seven, nine meters. You reckon he'll be all right under the I like how they come in. I like how they come. He he doesn't come in with that first run off the set anymore because he just gets bashed. You know, the big boys come in, take a few runs, and then he sort of comes in. Yeah, he usually still gets bashed, but it's not as, you know, when he's not getting driven back. You know, he's just getting sat, stopped in the line, which there's nothing wrong with that. He just needs to go out and do his role. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, if they kick the ball down to Dill, he'll run it back. Toto takes that first run, maybe a critter or a tago, and then bang, stains. He can come yeah. in second, third run. And- I think there's a try down there for Penrith if they want it. He got caught off out of position for Pat, um, Rabideau's second try there. So I think they'll probably look to exploit that side. If oh, the Eels, sorry? Sorry, the Eels, okay, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. But he let, he let in a try against the Rabideaus where yes. he's off his wing. So, yes. Um, I am a bit... Yeah, defensively, might be something there for Para. All right, mate. Predictions? I'm going. Scoreline, Clive, player of the match, anytime. We'll do our best bet at the end. And- okay, so I've gone, I said this last week. I didn't say it on the podcast, but I said it last week. My Clive, without a doubt, is going to be Dylan Edwards. And my prediction, I'm going 28 to 4. Bloodbath. Yeah. Okay, I might give it. I might give Parramatta a little bit more credit. I'll go twenty-eight to eight. Okay, if I said obviously if Eels win, read Marnie. If the Eels do win, who wins it for them? Who's their man? Do you have you thought about that or? If I had to go a Clive for Para, you've said read Marnie. I'll probably go Mitch Moses. Okay, wow, he did. Probably, he does have to step up. He does, He has to. He has to own it. Okay, Panthers, 26 to 8. Okay. I think we're going to see 26-8. And I think Clive's tough. I want to say Appy. I was confident he was going to get it last year, but didn't work out. I'm going to say Appy again. Appy cross out of a big one when he comes on. But imagine if Klez takes it back to <laughs> we're romanticising. We'll save it for. I think they'll put it in the bag with Cleary. I think he got it last year. I think they'll look at it and go. I think for me, it's either Appy Yo or Dylan Edwards. And I think if Dylan Edwards plays anything like he played last week, forget about it. Actually, I changed my mind. I'm going to go Jerome Luai. Wow, going he's Jerome going left Luai. field. He's going left. Field. I want to go left field, and that's why we finished the show with Top Sport, our best bet. Um, it's our last one of the season, mate. We're, yeah, we've got fifteen hundred dollars in the account. And hopefully we've got more after this game, but we'll see. Obviously, yeah, mental health, beyond blue. What a year. One leg each. Who have you got? I've gone Toto. He'll score first too, if anyone wants to know. There it is. And I've gone with my Clive pick. I've just changed Jerome Light anytime. Multi them up. $8 with Top Sport. Have a top day. Have a top, <laughs> have a top game. Have a top grand final. Have a top year. I just want to finish on a little something here, people, for you. I was going to save it for our next potty. But we seem to have digested it a lot here. I just want to let you, just some, some music to your ears, people, all right? <laughs> I'm just going to leave you all with this on our final podcast. It'll come. Just let it sink in. Para fans, this will haunt you for years. Just picture it now. Your arch enemy's running out. Yeah. The crowd's going wild. You hate us, but we love that you hate us. The loneliest place that you'll ever see on a Monday and Sunday night is Parramatta Leagues. Reeling in defeat once again. Right about now, they're loading up the the fire cannons. Yo and Cleary are coming out. Let's go, boys! Fisher-Harris is looking up into the sky. It's a scary, scary thought. All to the tune of Hell's Bells. Who's kicking off first? Paint the picture for me. Penrith have won the toss and just want to get fed, basically. (laughs) 
The boys have been, the leashes have been let off and the boys are hungry. You've got RCG, hated by the entire team. They're going to kick it down his throat. (laughs) I can see it right now. I can see it. I'm just, I'm just romanticising about it. RCG tucks the ball under. RCG meet Moses' shoulder. <laughs> and get real comfortable with it, because it's coming for you for the entire 80 minutes, you fucking mongrels. Let's go! Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys enjoyed it. What a year. Um, yeah, just enjoy the grand final. It's been a fucking great year. Appreciate everyone's support. Let's... Fucking go. You! Thank you for listening to Paddy's Playable. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's much appreciated. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page, at Paddy's Playable. We post fun, engaging content every single day. Once again, we really appreciate your support. See you next time. Let's go.